episode 119 of G.I. Joburg. Tonight, today, tomorrow, and forever, I'm joined by... Steve! I once wrestled a bear shark hybrid and won. We're friends now. His name is Rudolph. Paul. <laughs> Cujo on the West Coast. I got nothing fancy for you. And I'm Robert. I don't think I said that up front, but uh, I really am Robert. I am here today... And tonight we, we're doing a, a, generally a, a freeform episode. We're going to catch you up on our journey to Jokon. We're going to talk definitive figure. Who that's going to be, you're going to have to wait to find out. So keep listening. So don't stop now. Five minutes in. Two, one minute in? Anyway. Um, and, and generally just talking Jojo and, yeah, catching up. So, catch me up, guys. How's it going? It is going so well. <laughs> no, dude. It's like really rocking this side. Uh, my my self-imposed toy embargo is starting to take its effect. <laughs> I am feeling the need for plastic toys, <laughs> and when I say need for plastic toys, I mean collectibles, GI Joes. <laughs> oh, I thought I thought you were getting a bit sexual there, but okay. No, 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 not, not nothing that exciting. No, I'm saving all my money for actual toys, guys. If you've been listening to the show, I'm sure you've heard me drop this toy embargo that I've put out there. I have purposely not bought any new toys in lieu of going to, to Jocon. I've been trying to save every single penny I have and cent I have for this trip uh, with the hopes of being able to um, get myself a G.I. Joe or two when I get to Jocon. So so that's that's what's been cracking for me. And you boys? More the same. Fortunately, we have benefactors out there like Dan Shemansky who sent us a fantastic box of toys. Mm. I know I've been playing with my Crimson God a lot. And your hammer a lot. Paul, I'm so sorry. Uh, that will find its way to you shortly. But, you know, after I've reduced it, it to... After I've reduced <laughs> it to plastic shavings from playing with it too darn much. Yeah, no, we, we'll, we will, the three of us, reunite uh, for the second time in history in our namesake, Joburg. On the way to Jokon. Yeah, on the day that we're leaving for Jokon, actually. And I think the cat's out of the bag, Rob. Yeah, apparently I, I, I'm, Paul's actually going to be able to go with us to Jokon. Yeah, we don't, <laughs> we don't have to sacrifice him in the arena of sport. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, thank you to everyone up to this point who has given to our JoFundMe. Um, it's been absolutely appreciated. Um, we haven't quite reached our goal yet, um, but... Through a lot of compromises and changes in the way that we're going to make our way across the states, um, we've actually managed to make it possible for all three of us to go. Where previously we were going to very quickly, you know, fly over a couple of states, it's kind of worked out in our favor. Although obviously, you know, it's really cool if people would would just keep supporting us. It's actually worked out in our favor and in the favor of the content we're going to produce afterwards. That we're going to be road tripping from where we arrive in the states, New York to Chattanooga, which is where the, the final Jokon is, and just hopefully meeting a lot of you. I think already we've got at least two people who want to kind of like reach out, have reached out and said, hey, come come, come see us. We can't make any guarantees, of course, good. but if you happen to be on the way and you happen to be available and we're not too absolutely hammered from <laughs> the road, uh, we'd love to link up. Maybe drink a few non-alcoholic beverages before getting back in the <laughs> in the rental car and heading uh, either towards Chattanooga or back towards New York, depending on where you catch us in the trip. Mm. 
It's fine. Cujo's going to be driving, and he doesn't do any form of substance abuse, so I think it's safe that the South African boys can have a, a drink here and there. Yeah, no, it's for sure. true. I don't drink, drive, or drugs. Nice. Ding. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> but yeah, so through compromises, as I said, we we've actually managed to make it possible for all three of us to go, and. Yeah, I, I know. I'm excited about that, and yeah, it's it's literally the only thing we're talking about these days when we're not, you know, podcasting or making videos. <laughs> yeah, in case you guys haven't been wondering, we've been making a lot of videos. Why? Well, firstly, we love making the content, but we also wanted to try and make you guys feel the love. I mean, we know that it's not easy to shell out money, especially for something like like this GoFundMe. So, the content has really just just been our way of saying thank you every single time and and somebody asked on the facebook page if we're going to if our content is going to slow down after jocon to give you a very honest answer i think it is going to slow down a little bit but that doesn't mean that it's going to stop and i think we may have some new options for new contents i mean we're going to be coming back with quite a few new toys so the possibilities are quite endless so, so fear not. It's not that we're going to all of a sudden stop. We want to keep the same quality bar and, and create the same amount of awesome content. So, so don't get worried that all of a sudden we're just going to stop making stuff after we go to JoeCon, if that was at least a concern, or if that was a concern. And also, if you had been considering contributing to our GoFundMe and now feel, oh, well, they're going anyways, so <laughs> what's the use? There are still very very nice very exclusive very high quality one-of-a-kind gi joe book t-shirts and they are apparently being printed printed mm. as we speak is this correct paul this is correct um the orders went in the other day i documented it uh for our documentary um they're going through i've even asked the printers to take some photos for me i told them what they were for so they were very excited. They said it sounds like a really cool thing, and they're going to now listen to our show. <laughs> but um, they're going to take some photos of the actual printing process, so I'll be able to get them out there. I also just want to stress a small thing with the T-shirts. I think after the campaign has ended, it's going to be quite difficult to get them done. And as I said in the video, I do want to keep these limited only to our GoFundMe campaign, with the exception being our GIA Joburg logo tee. So... You know, if you guys really want one of those shirts, please jump on now and, and make an arrangement. Because once we get, once we leave for JoeCon, we can't take any more pledges, obviously, or can't take any more funds. Uh, because obviously the GoFundMe would be over by then. So please, if you need to, if you really want one of those shirts, get, get your money in there. If you want a shirt or you think that you're getting a shirt and you haven't confirmed which ones you want, please do that as well. Because, yeah. The stocks are kind of limited on them. Uh, you may have heard limited budget. So, yeah, get them in there, boys. As for commissions, those are happening. If anybody's wondering about the commissions, I like to keep your commissions and stuff super secret. I know that you've seen me work on some of them on our on our live streams. And uh, I think we're going to do one more live stream before we leave, before we disembark for the States. So you may see me doing another one. And... Um, I'm going to throw in a few bonuses for the guys who asked for commissions. So, yeah, I hope you guys dig it. I hope you guys uh, can can dig what I'm throwing at you. I think it's an interesting point that you brought up about 
independent creators taking downtime too. You start you're starting to see that with uh, people getting burned out when they press on YouTube and stuff like that. Um, and, and fans do that too. I, I know a lot of uh, the people that listen to Joe Berg step away um, for whatever reason. That's that's all natural. I think things don't peak, but stuff ebbs and flows. So I mean, like, I think it's just natural for people to take a break. I, I definitely think we'll have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else was I gonna say? Oh, about the about the Joe Fund Me. Take a look at what we're up to. Bounce it to different networks, networks that make sense. You have that ability. And look at this as a case study for yourself. Like, this is not the dawn of independent creators, but this is the gold rush. I'm going to back people who I like and, and who are, who are uh, you know, Joe, Joe Schlepsky with, uh, I probably jacked his name. But he's, he's a real one. We all know. And, and there's always, there's people in our network that should be supported. Uh, when it was cool is always blowing up our timeline. I appreciate that, dude. I know we're from different worlds, but... You're going to make it to Jokon, right? Um, no, it'll be a good time. Uh, let's not forget Word Burglar Thursday night. Um, don't miss that. Because that guy, I don't think he's going to be on the con floor, but you're, you're going to want to uh, hear him rap for sure. I think I may bring a print with me, and I'll definitely show that. Um, I don't know if they have prints at the con or posters, but we definitely need stuff for people to sign. Because let's get all our names on one thing. Let's let's call this what it is and have a have a great time. Oh God, I got a lot of community guys. <laughs> Are you guys tracking that Viper on Viper madness from Twitter? No, actually. Shame um, on you. Shame um, on me. I have been too busy working hard for the money. I've been working hard for the money. Anyway, that's not bad. Unfortunately, I'm not looking at his at right now. Uh, just. I'll find it before this is over, but uh, I think he's at the last round. They've been having a Viper off tournament. I mentioned it last podcast. The last two Vipers are obviously one is Televiper. The other is the red and gray and black Alley Viper. Who are you guys liking in that showdown? Ooh, I... Red and black Alley Viper. I go <laughs> Sorry. With, with Telly Viper. Actually, now that you mention I have been kind of following it. I've seen some of those posts. Yeah, it's just kind of cool, actually. They're kind of like, you know, putting the different Vipers against each other. And they, they accompany it with pictures of, you know, the one beating the other. <laughs> yeah, I can't ever back a repaint over an original. That's just mm. not, not how I roll. Never. There's two versus ten. I like Alley Vipers. Vipers, man. That's I think that's my weakness here. <laughs> Something I wanted to mention as well, quickly, while we're on the subject of community and all that. Guys, um, to our esteemed listeners, uh... I think it's time that you guys let us know if you're going to be at JoeCon or not, so that we know that you're going to be there so we can meet you. Okay, that sounded rather strange how I said it. Uh, <laughs> I, I think uh, what we're going to so do we can is... squeeze into if, a hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> by the time you're listening to the show, there should be a Facebook post um, on, our, on our official Facebook page, uh, the private one, which will have a meet and greet. So if you guys... Are going to be a JoeCon, all you need to say is, I'm going to be a JoeCon, and that'll be cool. Then at least we know that you're going to be there. Why? Because we really want to meet you. And, you know, I'm sure you guys, a lot of you, or a lot of you have helped us get there. So it would be very, very cool to, to meet you people in the flesh. And we might put a bit of a basic itinerary up as well. Maybe not by the time you've listened to this episode. 
but it might document some of the areas that we're going to be in. So if you're like a, a Washington, D.C. or a New York resident and you want to come hang out, but you're not coming to JoeCon, let us know as well. Then maybe we can hang out and get a beer together or maybe you know some cool secret toy shops or something that you want to show us. Hey, hey. Black market toys. Black, black market toys. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's enough of that. That's just me trying to let you guys know that we, we care. I like yeah. it. For my two cents, uh, back on Vipers, a Televiper in every living room and Arbco Turkey in every pot, right? You got to go Televiper. Um, Jeez, uh, thanks, Jay Edgar. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys haven't seen Solo. Is that a personal stance? Like, how are people feeling? I know how you're feeling, Stephen. How are people feeling about these uh, Star Wars stories? Well, you can't allude to how I'm feeling and not <laughs> let the listeners know how I'm feeling, Kujo. How am I feeling? Dude, if they're not in the back issues, shame on you guys. G.I. Joburg isn't episodic. This, this here is an epic, guys. I don't know. I thought it was private <laughs> communication where I divulged to you my reasons. No, I'm, I'm curious. Well, reasons Very in curious general, I'm to sure. see this, uh, this movement to boycott Lucasfilm. And I, I've kind of thrown in my lots uh, to, to, to further see what happens. Well, I mean, you, you made your opinions pretty clear about how you felt about The Last Jedi, and I think this probably definitely affected how a lot of us, I mean, definitely myself as well, kind of go forward in approaching Star Wars films, where previously I was, you know, I would see every single Star Wars film that came out. I mean, but Last Jedi kind of really made it difficult, and I was like, I, I don't know how you guys are handling these characters, and with all of this stuff that's kind of come out of, you know, behind the scenes and a lot of reviews and other stuff that I've watched. I mean, there's this um, there's this one girl on YouTube, uh, Jenny Nicholson, I think it is. Um, she's a huge Star Wars fan, and she's, she really talks really um, really well about the films themselves, and, and usually quite, you know, she quite enjoys them. But even she, she watched Solo, and she came out the other side, and she, she, she was like, yeah, you, you don't have to go watch this. You can watch it if you want, but um, nah, don't go see it. <laughs> Michael Bay taught me that I didn't have to go. <laughs> I just just because it says Transformers doesn't mean I have to see it. Okay, Paul, how do you break on this? Uh, I am I'm in a funny middle ground uh, as, uh, in comparison to my my South African cohorts. I would like to see the film uh, because Star Wars fan fans on my side of the pond have uh, actually enjoyed it. And some of the reports I've heard, I mean, if I can quote one line, it's that um, anything set in the 70s feeling Star Wars universe is gold, is some, what somebody said. And it's definitely got that feel. I mean, I'd, I'd like to check it. The fact that I haven't watched it also speaks volumes, though. Usually, I, if I want to watch something, I, I make an effort to go and see it. And the fact that I haven't, it's been out for, what, a week, week and a half now, and I haven't seen it yet, so... Paul, Deadpool 2 has been out for two weeks, and, and you have seen, seen it, it twice. <laughs> yeah. And no. I also haven't seen it yet, because it's just been one of those situations of, well, and, and, and this is honestly what's happening, though. It's like... Firstly, out of the two films, I want to watch Deadpool 2. So if I want to watch it, if I go and watch a movie, if I go and eke out like three hours of my day to go and watch a film, it's going to be Deadpool 2 before, before the solo film. So as much as I'm curious and kind of excited about the solo film, I'm more excited about Deadpool. And I also kind of feel that 
a solo story is it's it doesn't need to be told part of what makes Hans solo so awesome is that we don't know everything about him that's what makes boba fett cool that's what makes most people in the star wars universe awesome and it's kind of what the prequels ruined because okay pre <laughs> prequels there was speculation post prequels speculation changed to denial save it <laughs> save it for the remix yeah. <laughs> no I, I everybody has oh, opinions i here's some things i'm going to mention a couple of things that jump out at me oddly enough i went to solo do you guys remember that fighting game masters of the terascasi shit game <laughs> dude they referenced that fighting style in the movie that <laughs> was that was really me. the only thing that made me giddy so I ran home and got on Twitter, of course, and I term-searched Terascasi. And over the next four days, I starred every tweet where somebody got giddy about it. There was no interaction. I left my Terascasi tweet on the first page of my Twitter for days. Out of about 50-some people that I starred their tweet, nobody interacted. What does that tell you? Net is trash. Stay away from it. That's a joke. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Uh, this is what trash. jumps out at me about the movie. Uh, there's a couple things that, if you're on the occult side, keep your eyes open. Why don't you put your occult goggles on for a second? I'm not going to go too heavy. Or put on your foil hats, whatever comes first. Well, dude, okay, let me, let me make a formal request. Formal request. Can we talk Cobra Law on Thanksgiving? Yes, I do have a reason. Can, can we pencil that in? We can talk Cobra Law on Thanksgiving. Fantastic. Nice. You've got it on record, Cujo. Guys, be thankful. <laughs> listen, listen to that podcast. No, but uh, there's a couple names I'm going to drop, and the only reason they have my attention is because anytime a name starts and ends with the same letter, or, or first name, last name, uh, Steven Spielberg is one. Uh, that's a oh, big name if you're talking entertainment. Yeah. Uh, another name is Kathleen Kennedy. That's a KK. <laughs> And just if you're reaching, uh, the person that runs all of IDW's operations is none other than Greg Goldstein. But we're not ready for the gold standard yet. Oof. Don't get too comfortable, Greg. Um, oh, I punched out after Mike Myers, dude. <laughs> that guy gives me the creeps. <laughs> nice. Um, He's still but, funny. Uh, yeah, Mike Myers, not Michael Myers. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. I was just being, I was being cheap. <laughs> sorry, no, sorry. No, no, it's it's. It's good to bring that up. MM Names, the Mickey Mouse Club. Anyway. Miles Mayhem. Ooh. Oh. One thing that you have to look at with Disney is with George Lucas, there's an in go, go on YouTube, there's an interview from 71 where Lucas is talking to some dude. It's a real cheesy interview. They're laying on, like, grassy hills. It's beautiful while the interview is going on. 70s are awesome, hey? He's talking about fighting the machine. So fast forward. Now his machine belongs to Disney. What does Disney want to do? What does Disney want us to be? Well, there's a couple lines that jumped out at Solo. Um, the movie didn't didn't set me off. I mean, it's not memorable. Uh, but it seems that, I don't know about your society, but they're trying to subvert humanity. One line that jumps out is both Calrissian and Solo say that their dad was never present. Not a big deal, unless you're somebody that didn't have a dad present. That's a signal to you. So 
Another thing that gets said is, what is the difference between family and tribe? Uh, it's that's an. I mean, that's not a big deal, except for if you line it up with what else Disney talks about in their other movies, which is family's not important. This is buzzkill shit, guys. But for whatever reason, it just because it was on my mind. Do you want to talk about toys instead? Yeah, let, let me wrap it up. Yeah, I'm not going to pick a fight with a mouse, but I'll kick Mindbender's ass. There's a reason why Star Wars isn't working, because for whatever reason, somebody is pushing very hard on an agenda. That either means a timetable is short, or they're very impatient. So I'm not going to say it's good or bad. I just, I don't know what they're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. I think definitely in the more recent films, they're pushing something beyond just making entertaining movies. And I think, at least from what I've I've read, and, oh, my sister actually saw it this weekend, and she, and she said she fell asleep. A bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, she fell asleep during watching it, and I was like, what about the action scenes? And she was like, yeah, no, they weren't really that exciting, actually. Um... And that, that's weird, because you'd think, you know, I can't Star Wars isn't necessarily synonymous with action-packed these scenes. But when oh, you think really? Of block, no, no, I, I think there are definitely action scenes, but I mean, it's also the story. But with modern blockbusters, it's, it's about those action set pieces that kind of All pull, pieces, yeah. Yeah, that pull people through the film. And if this film didn't entertain, you know, a, a teenager, um, who's essentially the target market for these films, who was who this film made for? I think definitely your idea of maybe some sort of agenda pushing behind the scenes, whatever that is, positive or negative, or whatever they're trying to do with these films, um, there's definitely been a huge backlash against Solo or Soilo, as as a certain you know contingent of, of Star Wars fans have called it, the, uh, the the fandom menace, as they of the I think they've named themselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, do, do you think can, that can offer, saying words oh. like Soilo and uh, what's the other word that gets thrown around? Oh, SJW, which I'm not saying because I don't. I think that's dismissive. We're mm-hmm. all we're all social justice warriors. We all have the same tools. We j- our hearts are just at different places. Yeah. Like, like I, I feel like that people get categorized, and ultimately, it seems like it's just a machine to divide. Yeah. No, for sure. I think by applying labels to things, you you do divide things up. But then also. A lot of people are happy to apply labels to themselves, and people are looking for labels to apply to themselves because of maybe a, a certain uh, deficiency uh, in character and Rob, stuff. we need some law and order. <laughs> oh, absolutely. There's a certain deficiency in, in culture and society today, and um, I think people are floundering to find reason and meaning to their lives. But anyway, we were getting a bit serious now here, but uh, um, Paul, Paul, add your voice. I think it could be something as simple as the movie mo- the movie industry it doesn't really know what it's doing anymore because once upon a time it used to be a juggernaut, the juggernaut of entertainment, the pinnacle of entertainment, should I say. Everybody would go watch movies. Movies would be like the big thing everybody got excited about. Now people's attentions are divided, so now movies have to sort of cater for a certain... Uh, it, movies have to to sort of almost be like roller coaster rides for them to be you know to be, for, for them to be like seat fillers you know or amusement and, park rides or amusement <laughs> park rides there we go that's kind of like that's kind you of would what I'm find getting. at Disney World look I mean the 3D innovation is the clearest stamp of the cinematic experience being shoehorned into a theme park ride. Mm. 
kind of experience. Yeah. Traditionalists will always argue that it is a two-dimensional medium. Mm. It's meant to be that way. Cinematography works that way. So the thing is, is like you're getting films that are basically just being released based on past successes, and and it's because releasing new IPs is very difficult to do because the target market, and 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 I can speak for this from being in the industry, in in the games industry at least, um, your target market is changing very rapidly. In in the space of a year, you could be targeting a certain de- demographic, and that demographic completely changes. By the end of that year. So anything that you've made that appeals to them then doesn't appeal to them later. And the mistake I think Disney is making, well, actually, it's not a mistake because they're still making money, but they're chasing like the the demographic. Uh, they, they're trying to chase demographics and they're trying to chase that um, kind of thing, of the uh, you know, that kind of market the whole time and trying to please a market the whole time. And it's ultimately not winning for them. And this is very much a symptom of, well, this is very reminiscent of 90s Disney, because after they did The Lion King, they didn't do anything that was notable until Pixar sort of showed up and started doing cool stuff. So it shows you that there's a there's a sort of a sterile and stale um, kind of mentality in the industry. And I'm not saying that with regards to the creators. I think creators are doing their best to make the best products possible. But I think producers and I think marketers are, are, are stifling that and destroying that. And, and maybe what we kind of sort of edging towards is we're going to see a lot of our our favorite properties get destroyed over the next five or ten years because these guys are are grasping at straws to try and make everything entertaining and eventually it's going to fall in on itself and then maybe we'll start getting a purer form of filmmaking to come back in and and that'll maybe be a good thing anyway so on to Cujo maybe he can oh no no (laughs) I'm not trying to bring anybody down guys this chews on me 24 7 but to wrap it up positively in that interview from 71 there was a call to uh action where the guy challenged lucas to create something new and six years later he fucking broke the world as we know so i mean you talk about joe fund me you talk about networks you're right paul i mean it's if if people don't evolve you got to leave them behind. Like, nobody's listening. Anyway, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I Free also want to talk new. about toys. No. <laughs> I'm, <Sure>. I'm excited. <laughs> I like toys. <laughs> so, what is... Uh, we're going to talk about Definitive Sculpt. And I, I think it's a fairly straightforward one. I, I think I can I can guess everyone's choice. Or at least I, I know which okay. one I'm going to choose. <laughs> so, we're talking about law and order. The Definitive... A military police figure who guards all of the Joe bases um, on his own. And I'm wondering. Not just by himself. He's got a dog. Yeah. He's got he's, order with him. He's, yeah. he's got order, keeping the peace. Where do we break on this guy? What do we think of the of the character of, or at least, you know, Thlaw himself? I want to know what everyone thought a military policeman's job was <laughs> when they first encountered this term. <laughs> Uh, military police. I, I, I would have assumed he. He kind of just like patrols the, you know, the fences. You know, making sure people don't, you know, go MIA. <laughs> so you, you, you assumed that you like assumed correctly that he policed the military. Yeah. I okay. So. Because I had to ask my dad. Yeah. Actually. I took the cue from the file card, thinking that he was like 
a detective that worked for the military. Oh. That he brought bad guys to justice. <laughs> like he was after Cobra. Ah. Huh. Well, boy, did it hit me like a ton of bricks when I realized to my surprise that no, military police units are there to maintain order among military personnel. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. All of a sudden, I was like, oh, that's lame. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's also interesting about that, because I remember asking my dad a while ago what an MP was, um, because they, they're actually different in different parts of the world. So my dad said like he wasn't sure how the Americans do it, but in South Africa... You, we don't actually have military police. We have police that are stationed in the military, if that makes sense. No, um, so, my oh, cousin was a military policeman. He had the okay, white helmets that, and everything. Hmm. Okay, well... He's a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, now, there you have it, folks. Stephen's cousin's a dickhead. You heard it on G.I. Joe, <laughs> I hope I haven't offended too many military policemen out there, but like... Yeah, you're geez. saying him specifically. You didn't. You didn't. Like yeah, him. but I also have been grousing about military police being disappointing. Well, you must appreciate that my child mind interpreted law to be this super sleuth GI Joe detective guy who goes mm. after Cobra or any terrorist or, or crook. Like he is the guy who brings them in, brings them to justice. Mm. Mm. Whereas every other Joe is 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 going about it the wrong way. Law is, well, I, I, I suppose Chuckles took over that persona. Hmm. Yeah, but you see, you're also not wrong, because that's what I wanted to get at. Ooh. The army doesn't have the power of arrest. So, for example, if, they, if the army goes into a place and seizes a war criminal, they can go in, they can extract the criminal, or they can, they can subdue him, but a policeman has to actually do the arrest. Or... Those are the, that military has to be acting under the power of a police force to be able to do it. And military police, uh, well, in South Africa, the police used to facilitate that with the military. So well, that's how it you, works. Yeah. Um, did you so, have opinions on Law and Order, or did like the the card art sell you on the figure, even though you weren't sold on the purpose? I think the figure sold me on the figure. <laughs> Yeah, but I think the the card art as well is was pretty fantastic. Because that's with him with the dog, and he's kind of got like a cool expression on his face. He's like, yeah, coming for those criminal Joes who aren't doing their jobs. Yeah, coming for <laughs> or Falcons Shipwreck. out too late. <laughs> Rock and roll, <laughs> trying to catch those waves. It's hard to get excited about what he does. But we can't talk about law without giving a nod to Kirk Bozigian, whose likeness he allegedly is sculpted to resemble. Hmm. And he is a guest at JoeCon. Apparently a very entertaining one. I wonder what kind of access we're going to get. But uh, yeah, hopefully we can chat him up. I'm hoping we're going to get to meet all these people. I'm sure we will. I I don't think it is the size of like something like SDCC where, you know, everything is cordoned off and whatever. I think it's, it's a little bit more chilled. I'm hoping anyway. And if it's not, well, maybe us being there is going to help change that. <laughs> oh, no, it, it'll be chill, but Tennessee is a beautiful city from what I see. I mean, it'll just be great to be around. Hmm. Yeah. So, so as far as I know, there are, 
at least from what I've seen in the vintage line, there are three versions of of Law and Order or Law, should I say? Because weirdly enough, after his first iteration in 1987, um, Law seemed to have dumped Order and and kind of either picked up a Sonic Fighters pack or joined the Battle Corps later in 1993. Are there any modern versions? I, I actually didn't check that properly. Yes, there is a modern version. It's beautiful. Does he but come with Order? He does, actually. Yeah, he does come with order. He is a fantastic figure. Uh, but I don't want to go into him too much because I know that we're going to all have our favorite sculpt conversation. And let me not uh, gush about this figure too much in, in, you know, in fear of giving, uh, giving the, the game away. I got to say, my, my opinion of lore was heavily colored by the G.I. Joe animated feature. And I'm actually okay with that. Is it a bit racist? I don't know. But is it cool that like I get like a Miami kind of cop vibe from him? Yeah, totally. And I, I dig that, you know. Uh, I think it's so much better than him being some stuffy normal MP. I really love the way that he was portrayed in the animated series, and that will forever color my opinion of the of the character in in a way that I prefer, to be honest. I can't, I can't imagine too many people not picking V one. So let me just get that out of the way. <laughs> I. I I like the color balance. I mean, red and baby blue works. I mean, it's a little bit too much red for me. I, I didn't love the figure, but now looking back, he's a perfect fit for the watchtower, you know. Um, you got some great accessories. A night, nightstick is fun to hit people with. E- even the leash, if, if you want to get kinky or whatever. But uh, <laughs> with Croc Master, I'm just playing around. Um, no, I got, I got the V1. But there you go. There you go. Um, yeah, V1. What say you, Stephen? I have a very interesting history with Law, uh, and not a typical one at all. Uh, Law was one of my early action figures, one of the very, very early ones, but not 1987's Law. 1990's Law, with his khaki pants, brown boots, green undershirt with a darker green vest over that. This was a recolor. And I know I'm going contrary to what I said earlier on in this episode, that how could I ever let a recolor trance the original? Well, as far as I was concerned, this was the original. Uh, The blue and red version was such an afterthought in my eyes, and so inferior. Because let's get this one thing straight. Recolors typically omit uh, sculpt details, in the paint apps but law version 2 lovingly brings out each and every detail and even improves upon some giving him a more realistic uh, and very much more G.I. Joe centric color palette is always going to be a welcome shift but they didn't cheap out he's got little gold accents on his buckles he's got the, the MP patch that was lovingly reproduced. Even the helmet rocks the MP. So it's got all the details of the original, but in better color palettes. Plus, he comes with a whole mess of guns, and I got a lot of use out of those guns. I didn't know they came from the BF-2000, primarily. But uh, that machine gun, my goodness, that went to Sergeant Slammer, and we had a rip-roaring time. Uh, so that MP or should I say that law, was a favorite of mine. But 
but then became a favourite of my buddy Alistair's. MP Lawman. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> so excited, I'm dying here. <laughs> Alistair renamed this guy MP Man for reasons that will continue to baffle me. He's got an MP on his arm. What else are you supposed to take away from that? Yeah. MP Man. <laughs> I mean, we used to call it MP Law. Mm. Uh, but I'll just shorten it to MP Man because I assume the action figure is sculpted to be a man. Though he's based on a white guy and then characterized as a Hispanic in the cartoon. Whatever. We didn't have the dog. Mm. But then, I think in 2002, we got a snow serpent that erroneously included order, albeit order in like a grey finish, uh, alongside it. So, we got the dog that way. And... I asked Alistair this afternoon, had he known that Law came with a dog, would he have included it? Alistair's a dog lover. He absolutely would have. And he's been watching a Navy SEALs uh, documentary uh, recently, and he was like, yeah, the canine unit is the first one through the door. And that would have been L. That's that's his MO, definitely. The, the shoot first, ask questions later. <laughs> he says that the dog goes in. Tears terrorists to shreds while the rest of the team files in pumping bullets. <laughs> like, wow. I mean, these are incredible dogs. If they're leaping on targets in a live fire environment, I just I just think to myself, friendly fire accident, way to happen. It's poor dog. It's just doing what it's been trained to do. Anyway. Uh, what other fun stories? Oh, yes. Uh, my first brushings with that blue and red jacketed law, the original, the original, was reading Todd McFarlane's issue of G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero. This is the first time a G.I. Joe artist had some fame outside of G.I. Joe. Like, I read it long after he started Image Comics. And then I was reading this G.I. Joe comic, and I was like, what? The artist is Todd McFarlane? Hmm. Far out. This guy's a superstar. It tripped me out that he was penciling a G.I. Joe issue. But uh, the issue itself, apart from the introduction of those 1987 figures, was pretty unremarkable, I thought. Mm -hmm. And that's all I have to say about lore. V2 for me. Wow. I I probably also kind of edged towards version 2 because it's the one that I've always known. But I think of the versions... Okay, before before I say that my favorite one, I think we can all agree that the the third version, the... uh, 1993 version is just yeah that that that's not law at all it, it's it's horrendous i mean he looks terrible he's in blue and gray he's got like a weird helmet on he's uh, no thanks no thank you <laughs> but um but yeah i mean i've always always thought of the second one and um, the one that steven reminisced about as, as the real version but actually looking at the original I think that that color scheme does really work. I mean, they didn't miss any tricks on the, you know, the, the original coloring. And the fact that his accessories are more specific to who in his role is actually pretty cool. And he comes with an animal companion. I mean, can't knock that. So I'll probably... I have more memories of the, the second version, but I, I'll probably actually break with, the, break with that and go with the original. I'd love to own the original with the dog. 
And the accessories are proper. I mean, you know, he, it, he looks proper. Well, the second one, obviously, we're starting in the 90s now, and then he's coming with generic accessories. Yeah, I'll, I'll go to the version one. Ooh. I know. I'm sorry. Paul. Combo. Tell us about the, the modern version, how much you love it. it's kind of a no-brainer here because unless you have a very very deep connection to law version 3 you 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 really can only choose between well three versions of law and one of those versions has three different color schemes yay which you know it's it's up to you as as you guys heard steve loves version 2 with an honorable mention uh, once the internet arrived and we'd suddenly order toys from overseas, I looked up versions of law and asked El, which one do you like? The black and white one. That is a pretty cool version from the early 2000s. Came in a two-pack with Dusty. That Dusty deserved a second glance as well. I love him. Oh, this Law and Order that looks super surprised. That one, he's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's the same head sculpt. I think they just painted know, it in the, the mouth. Paint. Yeah, they kind of widened his eyes a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen shit, man. <laughs> yeah, bro, he's shell-shocked. Look, it's a snappy outfit, and that line... Wow. That was like the golden era, perhaps the swan song of the O-Ring construction. Well, with them repainting uh-huh. all these figures and trying to like create a space more, more, even more realistic, yeah, like looking figures. The backlash from the neon nineties. Yeah, it's the camouflaged noughties. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna say, and 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 you guys saw this coming. I love the modern era version of Law. Uh, <laughs> I think it is a fantastic toy. It's got great parts. It's got some of the best accessories or best combination of accessories in the line. It's kind of weird because, you know, he's meant to be military police. But, I mean, he just he, he's just got police police all over him, if that makes sense. Like, you, you could easily turn him into some kind of cop character and, and make him work for you in other ways. But um, it is a fantastic toy. And Order comes in. He's all geared up. And Order is a very, very cool um, sculpt. If you guys actually have him in hand, you'll see what I mean. He's got, he's got some very cool little nuances that they've done to it, and and it really does show a love for the line uh, during this time, because he he's like he looks like such a happy dog, you know, old Order. And yeah, if there's only one thing that's a bit of a bummer on this toy, and I got to be fair, all of those great accessories are amazing, but they they suck when you lose them. So. It's difficult to keep them all on the toy um, and then still turn it into a fun toy to play with. Perhaps for things like figure photography and whatever, you're totally sorted. Um, Also, it's worth mentioning his color scheme. It's quite a departure from his original color scheme. Uh, There's very little of his original color scheme in the modern era figure. And I think that this is actually a good thing because the original, uh, he's dressed well and his color... The color combination works really well for him as a comic book character and as an animated series character, but it doesn't work very, very well for his role because he's mostly clad in red and blue. So it kind of puts him in the same sort of boat as characters like Scoop. Uh, So I understand that people like sort of veer away from Law and Order because of his color scheme, but the vintage is a great toy that has a really great modern era incarnation and i think that the modern era uh, era version is actually quite difficult to get hold of now because i remember him being quite 
popular when he first came out. Plus, he's got a face shield. You know, for those times that Law has got to single-handedly stand up against the riot, well, he's got a face shield. <laughs> so get this figure if you haven't got him. He's one of the coolest toys in my collection, or coolest Joes in my collection. And by all means, characterize him with the movie version uh with the movie characterization because i thought his movie characterization was just spot on and i like the fact that he's funny kind of a turner and hooch k9 situation going on here nice nice well that's two votes for the original i i agree with the texturing on uh uh order he's a kind of a fun toy to pet and move around because i think that's the only dog you got junkyard and Timber, and they're both looking straight ahead, and I, I don't think one has a tail. It's kind of nice to have that tail up. You know, the dog's alert. Mm. It's not necessarily trying to tear your neck open. It's happy. He fetches the bomb, I drive the car. We tried it the other way, but it didn't work so well. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Line. Line. Yeah. Mm. That's essentially G.I. Joe, the movie's equivalent of, I've got better things to do tonight than die. <laughs> 10 points if you can remember who says that chuckles because the cricket's all dead it's winter well that's why we're G.I. Joburg and not Transformer Town T-Town <laughs> oh speaking of Transformberg uh, yeah. Bergformers uh, Joeformers ha huh. Something I quickly have to mention, and it's interesting that we're talking about Law and Order this episode. Oh, but you better keep it quick. I got to attend a a charity event for Huskies, uh, for an association that rescues Huskies and other dogs. And they had like a whole market. It was called the Rockabilly Dog Market or whatever. Anyway, the whole idea was to sort of bring cool stuff together, you know, like for sale and then doggies and whatever. And it was really awesome, right? So one of the, the vendors there was selling like blind raffle bags and they were like 20 bucks and you inside you'd get a comic book and some sweeties or whatever. So I was like, okay, cool. Well, you know, I had nothing to do. I wanted to read a comic or something. So I just gave the guy 20 bucks and I got a bag. And what was in my bag but a copy of episode zero or issue zero of G.I. Joe vs. Transformers the crazy ass one so that was really really awesome so i just figured that was a great tie-in for our episode anyway carry on so it was that is that the tom shirley one that we we talked about yes yeah wow what are the chances right exactly so that would that made me super super happy what he's up to probably something else that's cool because yeah we need more of him in the world he does need to be a bigger presence in comics but I think I'm calling it on our law debate. Definitive yeah. law goes to V1. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> with a joint second place for modern era law. Yay. And law version 2, Sonic Fighters. Sonic Boom! Kind of looks like Park Ranger law a little bit. <laughs> Gotta love that oversized backpack. <laughs> nice. He's got a tent in there. And Maybe that's where order is. He's in the backpack. <laughs> you got it you got it you know like like you have those bags for like little chihuahuas or whatever else but like a handbag but he's like i need a backpack to carry my dog around <laughs> with no like ventilation <laughs> no no light 
<laughs> there is though for the sound to come out, so there must be ventilation if you if you're oh, taking that as part of the, the sculpt. Jeez, you could probably fit a puppy into the the battery compartment. Yeah, for sure. Instead yeah. of three button-sized batteries, you put a little order in there. <laughs> Can you remember what the the sounds were? Can you remember what the sounds were for for law? <laughs> I thought it was like Overkill. We we had like voice stuff. No, no, it was. Uh, man, the, the first round of Sonic Fighters were pretty lame. They, I think they all had the same uh, sort of basic four sound effects <laughs> and no lights, because you know how how do you how do you enhance a sound feature? Have little flashing lights on top of the backpack. Oh no! <laughs> Super Sonic Fighters. Wow. Let's take two seconds to put a spotlight on Sonic Fighters. I am not reading the file card. I'm not reading the wiki or anything like that. The last time that I read something about the Sonic Fighters, it had to do with the fact that those backpacks, yes, for our enjoyment as as children, those backpacks made sounds and things like that. But as far as I remember, they were actually a weapon. So G.I. Joe's weapon, new weapon against Cobra, was basically to annoy them to death. (laughs) <laughs> I never quite understood the, the the margins of where fantasy became play reality on those things. Mm. Like, I think somewhere in the literature it said you can use your figure's sound backpack as a handheld weapon. Yeah. But that, like, no. It's a backpack. It's a backpack. Not all of them... Like, okay, Rock and Rolls was the exception, I think, because it could, you could attach the guns to it. And I think Gun Zaps also gun. had a little mounted gun. But, like, Major Bloods was... There was a jetpack. didn't have any barrels pointing out of it. Uh, Road Pig. Road Pig came with a green, like, computer station. It had a screen. Which is not completely like, useless for Road Pig. That's what Road Pig's into. Uh, Galaxian. <laughs> Uh, you know, like, things like I'm a hacker. <laughs> yeah, look, the, the 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 talking battle commanders had interesting sculpting that looked like demolitions. In the case of Stalker, uh, Overkill just looked like uh, mind control pipes and doodads and power packs and whatever. Uh, well, then I they, suppose the only advantages. Like yeah, the only advantages of Sonic Fighters over uh, talking battle commanders is that you could actually take the backpacks off yourself. And completely ignore them. Uh, guys, on the way out, i got two things. Yeah, please. Number one, us. Joe Slepsky, friend of the show, host on episode whatever it was, 1, 13, 14, 15, maybe, 17, 170. A recent host on, a recent, on one of our episodes. Yeah, recent guest. That one. <laughs> uh, he uh, was very kind to have me on his show, and that dropped this week. So if you're listening to this... And you haven't listened to Joe on Joe episode, whatever. Uh, it'll be the one that's featuring general confusion in the Deke animated series. I know you guys are just waiting to see that episode of the cartoon. Uh, just hold me back, hold me back. But if you need any added incentive, hey, there's a guy from GI Joeberg on that show. Yeah, Ooh. and we'll we'll include the link, I'm sure, for you guys to check it out in the show notes. Bam. Then, uh, I suppose, hand-in-hand hand with that, the GoFundMe link will be in the show notes as well. Uh, if you haven't, if you've been meaning to, it's not too late. Yes, please. 
please. E- even five dollars. That that that's gonna buy. That's gonna buy me two pizza. slices of pizza. Yeah, exactly. They'll feed me mm. for at least an hour or two. <laughs> yeah, Rob's like the Flash. He can move really, really, really fast, but he needs a lot of carbohydrates. Metabolism is so high, so high, guys. Yeah. guys. Yeah, it's as of this moment, right now. What toy tops your want list? Hmm. MCC. Wow. Paul rolls heavy. Big surprise. Kucho. I always wonder about toys and you, bro. You play it very yeah. cool hand, Luke, when it comes to talking about plastic men. True. But uh, is there anything you're you're pining for? Well, I, I'm hoping JD is going to bring uh, a certain action figure with him, and somehow I'm going to have to get him to part with that. I think I want to no, get no, I want to no, go Team Ascot, as I said I would, uh, just because just to pay honor to that card art. Uh, I forget that guy's name. Um, I think he's doing no uh, uh, worms officer oh team ascot oh yes of course yeah but that was he did some great art on that card and I think I think he's doing a uh, an exclusive uh, IDW cover for G.I. Joe for the convention riches correct thank you brother Um, Adam riches so yeah definitely uh, keep your eye out for that I'm sure he'll put his Hancock on it pardon me what uh what figures are you looking for? Uh you know what's after Atlantis Factor Part five uh in the vehicle camps, I think I need an original rattler. Just one of those things. Uh, where... I totally agree. <laughs> I, I second nice. that. I mean our rattler's really uh, my rattler's really cool. <laughs> Your Thunderbolts, you mean. Or Warthog, whatever Warthog. they call it. Um, the A ten. But like a proper rattler would be amazing. Just to properly round out the Cobra Air Force. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. That'd be brilliant. Yeah, your camo version has served us well, but I'm sure it irked the purists out there that we were using a G.I. Joe repurposed jet <laughs> back into Cobra's hands. You know, you can you can add creative explanations all you want. The fact remains, we just don't have the we don't have the toy. And you corrected me, Cujo, because I was like, yeah, it's a deep purple. You're like, uh, I'm not gonna let. Uh, the nitpickers pick you to, to death, Stephen. I thought we were going to have one. to change our names after that one. <laughs> yeah, you, you told me it's Cobra Blue, and I was like, well, I, I guess it is. I'll take your word for it. Blue like the asp blue? Yes, blue like the asp blue. But Steve, don't you have parts of the Rattler? Because oh, I, yeah. I seem to recall yeah, you I've got parts of the Rattler. It's sort of wonderful. <laughs> but parts of a Rattler does not a whole Rattler make. No, that's true. But, I mean, like, you could gauge the color scheme of that. So I don't know, Paul. That's not going to stand up in I, court. I can't say I have much time of day for <laughs> caressing pieces of a toy. Like, <laughs> to fully appreciate it. I got the. I gotta have the hole, <laughs> dude. That that was most of my teenage GI Joe collecting life is caressing parts of broken GI Joe toys. <laughs> sure. Um, anyway, on another note, <laughs> what about you, Rob? Um, I, I could do with another scoop. You know, I, you can never have enough scoops. I have three. I have two now. I mean, you know, I have my my awesome CG one. Oh yeah. Crimson Guard version from. Dan, um, which Man, is very cool. I quite like him. But, you know, you can never have enough scoops in your life, I think. Um, you need at least two scoops. 
you know. I'd like to walk away as a Crimson God uh, as well. You know, my yeah. friends have both got Crimson Gods, but Paul doesn't have a Crimson God. And damn it, I saw it first. I got to play with one first. I should have one. <laughs> but yeah. But I got a hammer. It seems to be the envy of everybody right now. So uh, <laughs> actually, I've got the hammer, but, you know, Paul will, will get the hammer once it's Eventually. Been, been hammered <laughs> severely. What could also be interesting, I mean, it's quite a large vehicle, and I don't think I've ever had a, a, an amazing affinity for it, but um, the hammer could be interesting, actually. Yeah, Rob, you're alone on that one, brother. <laughs> Well, this I'd, is where I, I jump off. It could off. be cool. I mean, Ooh, equalizer you know. tank, yeah. Okay, guys, guys, guys. Equalizer, guys, I was guys. equalizer <laughs> actually, as well. Yeah, I, you I, are, I, I did not mean to open the floodgates. It was literally like stream of consciousness one thing. was the what first thing. About? The first thing that came to mind. It's not everything that you still need. Yeah, jeez, Paul, we could be all night. <laughs> guys, Rob and I have just recorded a commentary track on uh, Atlantis Factor One to Five. We're going to put that up on YouTube. If you were a fan of those things. You might be amused by our behind-the-scenes chat. If you weren't a fan, you can ignore it completely. <laughs> Perfect for throwing away. Steve, does that mean you guys are also releasing a full edit uh, version, or is that just the version uh, full edit with the commentary? Aha! You'll have to remain in suspense. Suspense. <laughs> and those of you guys who are kind enough to uh, send us some money uh, over the past two weeks... You, I hope, have sent me your your filled-in ballots by this point. I'm not going to reveal what the winning selections were. You're just going to have to wait and see. Mm. You're just going to have to wait and see. The wise man watches before he acts. <laughs> but it's going to be an interesting matchup, let me assure you. <laughs> and we might actually get it done before we get on the plane. Wow! Amazing. Can Yay, it, it's just before be. we leave. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> but that's all I got, guys. My name's Steve. This is G.I. Joburg. I'm out. This is Rob. He's saying goodnight, everybody. I hope you enjoy this. And, yeah, keep keep loving Joe's. Love him. And this is I Own a Hammer, and we'll have to knife fight Steven to get it back from him, Paul. And this is Cujo. Sorry, I put Mickey Mouse in a headlock. And if you're going to JoeCon, flex their promoted hashtag, um, hashtag LastJoeCon. Uh, let's get that thing trending. Why the hell not? Adios, guys. Goodbye. Adios, adios, adios. Where's that from? Oh, the I movie? think it's, a, it's like it's a, a Mexican law thing. Order. No, oh, it's Law & Order. He goes, adios, adios, adios. They're like, hello, Damn, hello, hello. And then he goes, Adios, adios, adios. I'm going to watch that movie again now. I love that movie. <laughs> Me too. No, I have to be up early and kill people tomorrow. Oh, and on that note. <laughs> I'm a murderer. I have to bludgeon, bludgeon my wife's lover with a hammer over and over and over. And okay, over. they're not including that on the podcast. So my, <laughs> my wife's lover with my hammer. Anyways, yeah. guys, uh, I'm going to can it. Keep it easy, keep right. it breezy. Good show, guys. Good Talk show. Good. Yeah. Good show, good, good show. Awesome. Totally. <laughs> <laughs>